0: CHAPTER Twenty Five OF THE ADOPTING OF ROSA MARIE This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. THE ADOPTING OF ROSA MARIE BY CAROL WATSON RANKIN COMPARING NOTES It was eight o'clock. The morning of the twenty-fourth day of december which is twice as exciting a day as the twenty-fifth and at least ten times as interesting as the twenty-sixth betty and as many of the little tuckers as had been able to find enough clothes for decency were eating pancakes a great deal faster than mrs tucker could bake them over the rectory stove marjorie her young countenance somewhat puckered because of the tartness of her grapefruit was sitting sedately opposite her auntie jane jean had finished her breakfast and was tying mysterious tissue paper parcels with narrow scarlet ribbon and mabel having suddenly remembered that this was the day that the postman brought interesting mail was hurrying with might and main to get into her sailor blouse in order to capture the letters of course she didn't expect to open any of her christmas mail but she did like to squeeze the packages. Henrietta was reading a long, delightful letter from her father. Mrs. Slater, too, had Christmas letters. Five blocks away, Mr. Black and Mrs. Crane were finishing their breakfast. Their dining room was at the back of the house, where its three broad windows commanded a fine view of the lake. Just at the top of the bluff and well inside the black crane yard stood a wonderfully handsome fir tree a truly splendid tree for in all lakeville there was no other evergreen to compare with it in size shape or color every now and again mr black would turn in his chair to gaze earnestly out the window at the tree for a long time mrs crane her nice dark eyes dancing with fun watched her brother in silence but when he began to consume the last quarter of his second piece of toast she felt that it was time to speak peter said she you can't do it do what asked mr black with a guilty start cut down that tree i know just as well as i know anything that you're just aching to make that splendid big evergreen into a christmas tree for rosa maria and those four girls how do you know it queried mr black eyeing his sister with quick suspicion because i had the same thought myself it would be fine for christmas it looks like a christmas tree every day of the year and if you've been a sort of bottled up santa claus all your life you're apt to be pretty foolish when you're finally unbottled and that tree but queried mr black what would it be the day after that confessed mrs crane is what bothers me it does seem a shame Said Mr. Black, rising and walking to the window, to cut down such a perfect specimen as that. And yet, in all my life, I never met a tree so evidently designed for the express purpose of serving as a Christmas tree. It's a real temptation. I know it, sighed Mrs. Crane. It's been tempting me. But I said, Get thee behind me, Santa Claus, and send me the proper place for Christmas trees. And did you go to that place? it came to me i engaged a twelve-foot tree from a man that was taking orders at the door so did i confessed mr black i'm not sure that i didn't order too peter black you're spoiling those children i'm having plenty of help twinkled mr black shrewdly with so many trees to choose from it certainly seemed probable that the black Crane household would have at least one respectable specimen to decorate but half an hour later, when the tree-ordered balsams arrived, both Mr. Black and Mrs. Crane were greatly disappointed. The trees had shrunk from twelve to six feet, and the uneven branches were thin and sparsely covered. Why, exclaimed Mr. Black, all three of those trees together wouldn't make a whole tree. They look, said Mrs. Crane, as if they were shedding their feathers. Most of them, agreed Mr. Black, have already been shed i said mr man that i wanted good trees my wagon broke down explained the tree man so i couldn't bring anything that i couldn't haul in a big sled they weigh a lot those big fellows can't you make a special trip suggested mrs Crane, and bring us a first-class tree just one it's too late i have to go too far before i'm allowed to cut any well said mr black i'll pay you for these and i'll give you fifty cents extra to haul them off the premises we don't want any such sorrowful specimens round here to cast a gloom over our christmas do we sarah peter announced mrs crane when the man had departed with his scraggly trees i have an idea the weather's likely to stay mild for another twenty-four hours isn't it i think so and this is an honest town as honest as they make em and all those girls are accustomed to being outdoors i see cried mr black giving mrs crane's plump shoulders a sudden friendly whack i almost thought of that myself will certainly surprise them this time although it was getting late mr black still hung about the house as if he had not yet freed his mind of christmas matters i suppose said mr black breaking a long silence that you've thought of a few things to put on the tree for those girls yes admitted mrs crane guardedly i've gathered up some little fixings that i thought they'd fancy it might be a good idea said mr black rising to ring for martin for us to compare notes two heads are better than one you know and after what they did for us we owe those little folks a splendid christmas we certainly do agreed mrs Crane wiping away the sudden moisture that sprung to her eyes at thought of the memorable dinner-party in dandelion cottage the dinner that had brought her estranged brother to the rescue i don't know where i'd have been now if it hadn't been for those blessed children in the poorhouse probably martin said mr black huskily you go to the storeroom in the basement take a hatchet with you and knock the top off that wooden box that is marked with a big blue cross and bring it up here to me presently martin who always blundered if there was the faintest excuse for blundering returned proudly bearing the cover of the large box thank you replied mr black turning twinkling eyes upon mrs crane who twinkled back now bring up the box with all the things in it i'll get my things too offered mrs crane they're right here in the library closet, in a clothes hamper. Then, when Martin had brought the box, the two middle-aged people began to sort their presents. They went about it rather awkwardly, because neither had had much experience, but they were certainly enjoying their novel occupation. This, said Mr. Black, clearing a space on the big library table, is Betty's pile, and heaven knows that I tried not to get it bigger than the other three. But everything I saw in the shop shouted, buy me for betty and i usually obeyed this is jean's pile said mrs crane bearing another space and i guess i feel about jean the way you do about betty but i love betty too and all of them rosa marie's things will have to go on the floor they're mostly bumpy and breakable mr black rummaged in his box mrs crane fished in her basket presently there was a rapidly growing untidy heap of large lumpy bundles on the floor for rosa marie and four very neat stacks of squares compact parcels for the cottagers let's open them all suggested mr black eagerly we can tie them up again so the elderly couple as interested as two children opened their packages at first both were too busy renewing acquaintanceship with their own purchases to notice what the other was doing but presently Mrs. Crane gave a start as her eye traveled over the table. Why, Peter Black, she exclaimed, here are two watches in Betty's pile. I didn't buy but one of them, declared Mr. Black, placing his finger on one of the dainty timepieces. That's mine. The other's mine, confessed Mrs. Crane. And, Peter, did you go and buy dolls all round too? I did, owned Mr. Black opening a long narrow box one always buys dolls for christmas well sighed mrs crane i guess they can stand two apiece because ours are not a bit alike you see you got carried away by fine clothes and i paid more attention to the dolls themselves the bodies are first class and the faces are lovely i bought mine undressed and i've had four weeks pleasure dressing them i sort of hate to give them up the clothes are plain and substantial i couldn't make em fancy but the watches sarah well i guess we'll have to send half of those watches back yours are the nicest we'll keep yours i suspect said mr black reflectively pinching two large parcels in rosa marie's heap that we both bought teddy bears for rosa marie and we both supplied the girls with perfume purses and writing paper but i don't see any books we'll use the extra watch money for books decided mrs crane promptly suppose you attend to that if we both do it we'll have another double supply i see we've both bought candy too but i need a box for the milk boy and i'd like to send some little thing to martin's small sister on the whole said mr black complacently we've managed pretty well considering our inexperience but next time we'll do better. End of chapter 25